happening? A good Monday to all of you. Thanks for joining us as always. It is very much appreciated. Speaking of appreciation, thanks to Hummingbird at the YouTube channel for their $50 Super Thanks donation yesterday. It means the world to me. Can't thank you enough for that. All right, let's get started here. The Patriots officially eliminated from the playoffs yesterday. Now, we all saw this coming. We all expected the Patriots would not make the playoffs this year. But the reason we begin with this is because of what Robert Kraft had to say back in March. Kraft put himself in the crosshairs if this team did not make the postseason. Kraft said back in March, quote, it's very important to me that we make the playoffs. And this was after a number of other, you know, press conferences and meetings with the media where Kraft slightly hedged the bets with Belichick at times. And other times he, he would hint that Belichick could be in trouble if the team didn't win and he wants to win. But in March, in March of this year, Robert Kraft said, this team needs to make the playoffs. And here we are knowing on this Monday morning, December 11th, that this team is not making the playoffs officially eliminated. And I think that means that Robert Kraft is stuck in this situation where he has to fire somebody. And I'm not saying right now. I'm not saying fire someone this week. I'm not saying fire someone today. But at some point when this season is over, Robert Kraft has to fire somebody. And if he doesn't fire somebody of significance, then he's going to lose trust with the fans. Because at a certain point, you can't keep crying wolf and then all of a sudden turn around and say, I'm not going to make significant change. When Kraft came out in March and told all of us how important it was for this team to make the playoffs, the statement to me, to fans, was if we don't make the playoffs, we are going to make some changes, and those changes are going to be significant. If you turn around and make no significant change, missing the playoffs the way that you have this year, then the fans are going to look at Robert Kraft and say, hey, Bob, what gives? What gives? How bad does it have to get before you make significant change? And so the owner put himself in this situation by what he said in March. And he had to say something because you just can't keep losing, right? So Kraft has to act. And here's the problem for Kraft. Let's say hypothetically that Kraft does not want to fire Bill Belichick. That Kraft still wants to keep Bill around. Let's just say that. It's a hypothetical, right? Then who does he fire? Who of significance gets fired? For them missing the playoffs. Are you going to fire Gerard Mayo? Of course not. They just gave Mayo an extension. We all know that the plan, at least the last we heard, was that Mayo was going to be the next head coach of this organization. So they're not going to fire Mayo. And by the way, the defense is playing very well. Why would you touch anybody on that side of the football? You're not firing Mayo. They're certainly not firing Steve Belichick. Could you imagine Kraft goes to Bill and says, hey, Bill, uh, we need somebody to be canned. We want to keep you around, but we've all decided here in the ownership that uh, it's time for your son to go. That's not going to happen. Defense is playing too well. Mayo and Steve Belichick, they're safe. So you're not firing those guys. Acord and Joe Judge, special teams, they deserve to be fired. But would anybody care? Would, would, would Tommy and Tewksbury care? that the special teams coach got it? <laughs> of course not. Nobody cares. Joe Judge gets fired today. Nobody would lose any sleep. I don't even know how much it would be mentioned on local radio and within the local media. So firing someone from special teams is not significant enough. Bill O'Brien. I'm sure some of you are saying, well, maybe you fire Bill O'Brien. Here's the problem with that. 
O'Brien is Kraft's guy. Reportedly, Kraft went to Belichick and said changes need to be made on the offensive side of the football, and they landed on Bill O'Brien. So that's more a Kraft hire than it was Belichick running to make a change. As a matter of fact, reportedly, Belichick actually thought Matt Patricia and Joe Judge didn't do as bad of a job as many did, and he was thinking of possibly bringing those guys back. So Kraft is not going to turn around a year later and fire Bill O'Brien. Not after one year. Not with the talent issue on that side of the ball. So who's left? That's the problem. I know some people, because we still get pushback in the YouTube comments. And by the way, give us that thumbs up if you like the show. The thumbs up on YouTube means an awful lot. If you're watching on Twitter, give us a thumbs up as well. And don't forget to comment and subscribe. But we have had we have had some comments saying, well, Bill's got to stay. I think Bill deserves to stay. We, it's not many, but we have had those comments. Here's the issue for those people that still want Belichick back here, even if it's only in a head coach role. Kraft has put himself in this position to make a significant change. Mayo's not going to be it. Steve Belichick's not going to be it. Special teams is not significant enough. And I don't think O'Brien's going to get canned. So that leaves one guy in the building, folks. And it's Bill Belichick. There's really not much else that Robert Kraft could do that would signal significant change to the fan base after he himself came out publicly and announced that it was crucial for this team to make the playoffs. There needs to be some consequences, right? If you fail to do the job, there needs to be a consequence or two. And if Kraft just handles this business as usual, then fans are going to be upset with him disgusted with him, and then we wonder how long is this going to go on for. So now the question is, if Kraft does decide that it's time for Belichick to go, as we've discussed the last few weeks, is Kraft going to try to handle this delicately? What I mean by that is, will Kraft Kraft go to Belichick and say, hey, look, Bill, we didn't make the playoffs again. Three out of the last four years losing seasons. Now, I think you're still a good coach, Bill. But we've got to make a significant change. And that significant change is going to be stripping you of the personnel power because we have to do something, Bill. Even you, even you, Bill, would have to understand that at this point, we need to make a change. We need to show the fans that we care and that we can't go through another season like this. We have to make a statement about the current situation with this football team and this franchise. And that statement is stripping personnel power from you, Bill. I mean, Robert Kraft could even say to Belichick, even if he doesn't feel this way, he could say to Belichick, I don't like it. I still believe in you, Bill. I still believe in you. But we have to do something because we are at the point of no return. So will Kraft approach Belichick about the personnel? Burt Breer recently has said that, you know, if, if that structure is put together, then Kraft could have that new GM report directly to him and not be involved with Belichick in any way as far as making personnel decisions and that it would be directly reporting to the team owner and ownership instead of having conversations on a day-to-day basis with the head coach. I'm not in love with that structure, but that might be the only way something like that could work is if there wasn't day-to-day communication between Belichick and the new GM. Would Robert Kraft tell Belichick to let O'Brien run the offense? Would Kraft go to Belichick and say, look, offense was an issue, obviously. 
We need Bill O'Brien's input offensively on the talent of this football team. We're moving forward with O'Brien, and he needs to have a big-time voice in that room when it comes to shopping for the offensive groceries. Will he say that? I don't know. Will he go to Belichick and tell Belichick that Bill O'Brien is going to be responsible for hiring the offensive staff? Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. That no longer is Bill going to run this sham of a process and hire Adrian Clem. That no longer is Bill just going to bring in guys like Troy Brown, who have not done a good job, but are lifetime patriots, people that Bill you know respects and trusts, that very tight, tight circle. Will Kraft walk in and tell Bill Belichick, that, hey, you can keep your job as a head coach, but we're going with somebody new in personnel, and we're going to have Bill O'Brien and that new person that's running personnel have the say with the offensive staff. No longer are you touching that side of the football. You are responsible for the weekly practices. You are responsible for in-game decisions, clock management, all of that stuff. You are still the head coach. But all this other stuff that's been on your plate, Bill, we've got to take it off the plate because we just had a bad year. And I told the fans publicly that I needed to get to the playoffs and that we needed to get to the playoffs and you failed to get to the playoffs. So now the consequences are what they are. Is that the conversation that Kraft is going to have with Bill Belichick? Is Kraft going to walk up to Belichick and say that we need Gerard Mayo as an assistant head coach and that Gerard Mayo will be the defensive coordinator? the play caller on game day and that they will give even more responsibility to Gerard Mayo after this miserable season. These are the questions that I have. And I think many of you have the same questions. What will that conversation be like between Kraft and Belichick when this season ends? Is it Kraft walking in and just saying goodbye to Bill and firing him across the board? Or do these other things come up? Is it, hey, we'll strip personnel from you. We'll move Mayo up to assistant head coach. Bill O'Brien stays with say over the personnel offensively. New personnel guy reports directly to me. Are those the significant changes? And would that be enough for Patriots fans? Could Kraft sell you Patriots fans on the idea that, yeah, Bill Belichick is still the head coach, but we've made all of these other changes within the framework of the operation, and that's going to bring a, a different feel to it. I don't know. I can't speak for all of you. I will say it's very difficult for me to believe that Bill Belichick would be fine with passing up the opportunity of drafting the next quarterback for this franchise. I find it very difficult that Belichick would look at this and say, wait a minute, I don't have a say as to who the quarterback is going to be. We just went through the Mac Jones stuff, and I'm not going to have that say. Very difficult for me to believe that Belichick is going to acquiesce and allow somebody else aside from himself, to pick the most crucial grocery that you get to pick. And I don't see Bill Belichick take, taking directives from other people. Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe he would, but I don't see it. There is very little wiggle room. But Robert Kraft has put himself in this spot. That's what he's done. He's come out, 
back in March and said, we need to make the playoffs. Well, you haven't made the playoffs. You have officially been eliminated. So now what do you do? You have to respond. You must respond in some kind of way. You must make a significant change. Once you come out publicly and say what he said in March, you have to back that up with action. Gregory Brown jumps in. Time for Bill to go. I think many people will say that. I really do. I think a lot of people are saying it's time for Bill to go. Amstel jumps in, says, could Bill Belichick actually rebuild this offense? I don't know how you could be optimistic, right? I mean, what over the last seven or eight years would tell you that Belichick would be able to build this offense the right way? What would tell you that? It's now a string of decisions that have gone wrong on that side of the football. Dima 297 jumps in and says, why would you fire someone when you can just bring someone in, let's say, Pioli or Dimitrov? Well, Pioli, number one, the issue with him is that he's very, very within the fabric of the Bill Belichick system. He's a Belichick guy. And if you bring Pioli in, then Pioli's just going to work with Belichick and there's not going to be much difference. Dimitrov is somebody who would fight back at Bill and would push back on Bill when he was here in New England. And I've brought his name up before. But I don't know if that would satiate the fan base if you brought in another Patriots guy to run the front office. CEO Maniac says it's time for Bill to go. I'm not about to write a full paragraph as to why I think why. Everyone can see it. Fair. Mag jumps in. Mag 380. Why not pull Belichick's own type of move on him and let him test the market and see if anyone will let him control both personnel and coach? And when the answer is no, then bring him back as only head coach. Interesting philosophy. Interesting approach. I just don't think you can do that because you've got to make the hire, right? You've got to make the decision here. If you're Robert Kraft, you have to call the shot, Mag, about who's going to lead this team. You can't let it kind of filter out there and Belichick goes around and talks to other teams. I think that would be embarrassing to the franchise. I don't think you can allow the head coach slash GM to do that. Look, if it's if it's time to cut the cord, then it's time to cut the cord. And if Kraft believes that cutting the cord of the personnel side is enough and Bill accepts that, then we have that conversation. But I just, I don't see Bill accepting that. The Bear Me Jesus, which is a fantastic name. Troy Brown has to go. Roll Pats. Last time Kraft exerted power ended terribly. So th there's a lot out there. A lot out there. Mike N jumps in and says, when rookie head coaches are getting more out of their rosters than Belichick it's out of, uh, gets out of his, the six Super Bowls don't hold much weight. Yeah, I mean, look, I've said this before. There's a statute of limitations. At some point, we can't just keep going back. You can respect. You can respect what Belichick has done in the past, and I certainly do. But at a certain point, you've got to draw the line in the sand if you're craft. I mean, you can't just keep going back to 2018. You, you have to look at this over the last five years. You have to look at this post-Brady. You have to look at this since Thanksgiving of 2019. This team is 30 and 40 since Thanksgiving of 2019. And you certainly should criticize a head coach and a GM when the team is losing, when the team is 10 games under 500 over a four-plus year stretch. That's not a small sample size. Mason jumps in. Belichick has to go because his philosophy is outdated. Kelso with some kind words, by the way. 
Nick is always my favorite podcast. The only good executive management, in, in my view, is to fire Belichick and start a new GM and head coach platform. All right, continue with your comments. You guys are doing a great job. I love to see all of them roll in. I want to continue this thought process with Belichick and Kraft because I wonder, I wonder if Kraft told us something by not saying anything over the weekend. I'll get to that. That's coming up first. Give us that thumbs up if you're watching on YouTube. The likes mean an awful lot. We need to beat the algorithm. More likes means more eyeballs. Build the community. Also, continue to comment, as I said, and subscribe to the channel, The Nick Cattle Show, Monday through Friday, every weekday, 11 a.m. Eastern, live right here. All right, so Kraft goes on college game day. All of us were watching, trying to figure out if the ESPN crew was actually going to ask difficult questions. Most of the questions were softballs, but there were two questions to Robert Kraft that caught my attention. Well, you could say one was a question, one was a statement. Reese Davis asked Robert Kraft about how they could get back to their winning ways, and Kraft completely deflected. He wanted nothing to do with answering that question. He busted jokes. He went as far to talk about McAfee's tank top and wardrobe to not answer that question, okay? So the first time, Reese Davis, he, he tries to politely throw it out there. How do you get back to the winning ways? You guys have won so much, yada, yada, playing off the ego and the success of the organization. Kraft wanted nothing to do with it. Just the, the Kembe Mutombo, swat. No, 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 swat, swat, swat. Nothing to do with it. Kraft also talked about loyalty and how, you know, they have the same coach for 24, 25 years. Some people read into that. I just thought that was Kraft, you know, showing respect to Belichick and what's happened over the last quarter of a decade. No, quarter of a century, Nick. That works better. So, you know, he did mention loyalty. But then the end of the Robert Kraft interview was interesting to me. Pat McAfee said to Kraft, quote, I don't envy your position. What's about to happen? We all know we don't have to ask. Now, to me, and I'm sure many of you would agree with this, that to me was talking about Bill Belichick. I don't envy your position, what's about to happen, i.e., you're going to fire the coach or let the coach walk who's known as the greatest of all time. We all know it's going to happen. We don't have to ask you about pulling the trigger. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at marines.com. Calling for the, you know, code red. Now, Kraft said nothing, shook McAfee's hand. There's a lot of layers to this. The handshake itself is not as important as, as some would say it was, right? And I posted this at Nixie Radio. If you want to follow me at Nixie Radio, I posted a video of it and I, and I brought up what McAfee said and the fact that Kraft did nothing but just shake his hand. Now, Kraft shook his hand. McAfee extended his hand. I don't want to read too much into that, but there's a lot of layers to this. And, and give me some time to explain, okay? I don't throw stuff up against the wall. I'm not a gotcha guy. I'm not a hot take artist. That, that's why we say that this is Boston Sports Talk done different. So let me get into this a little bit with all of you. 
Number one, McAfee and College Game Day are in a no-win situation. They're in a no-win situation because if you don't ask Kraft about the future, you're going to get criticized for it. If you don't hint towards the future, you're going to get criticized for it, and rightly so, because that's the story. You have the owner of the New England Patriots on the set. The Patriots are one of the worst teams in football right now. One of the biggest stories in sports is Bill Belichick's future. If you do not address that, then you look ridiculous. So they have to say something. But if you say something, how do you say it? Because I'm telling you right now, I've worked in the media for, I don't want to say a long time, but relatively speaking, more than a decade. And I can tell you right now, I've been a program director of a radio station that was the flagship station of an NBA team. I have worked on multiple stations that are flagship stations for, you know, major pro sports teams. I worked at ESPN radio for a year. I know what happens when you have interviews like this. I can guarantee you there was conversation before this interview about how to handle the interview. I can guarantee you that this was a two-way conversation. I can guarantee you that Kraft or Kraft's people, quote-unquote, certainly spoke to ESPN to try to let them know how they wanted the interview to go. Now, I'm not saying they would tell ESPN and the College Game Day crew to not ask Bill Belichick questions, but I could certainly, I could certainly see the conversation going like this. We appreciate you having Robert Kraft on. Robert's very happy and excited to do the show. As you know, There's a lot of talk about Bill's future and this team's future. Robert doesn't necessarily want to talk about that. We understand that you have to ask the question, but just know that Robert might handle it in a very diplomatic way. That's a conversation that I could absolutely see playing out due to my experience in the media. And then the college game day crew has to figure out how are they going to address Bill Belichick's future without putting Robert Kraft in a tough spot, which is why I do not think that Pat McAfee's comment to Kraft was an off-the-cuff comment. I don't think that's the case. Robert Kraft has way too much influence and power within the NFL. The NFL and ESPN are in bed together. ESPN appreciates that relationship more than anybody else. And I'm telling you right now, if that was, if that was an off-the-cuff remark by Pat McAfee, then ESPN is going to be pissed off. And the rest of that college game day crew would be pissed at McAfee because he put Kraft in a very difficult, tough spot by saying that at the end. But for McAfee, he probably feels that if he doesn't say something like that, if they don't bring it up, even if it's in a cryptic way, then people are going to hammer them for not bringing it up. So was it the right way to handle it? I'm not so sure. I probably would have handled it differently. But I understand where the college game day crew is coming from. I've been in those situations where I've been told by a team that you might not want to ask this question. I've been asked, and it wasn't here in New England, it wasn't here in Boston, but I've been asked by a professional sports organization to email questions that I would have for a head coach before I had the head coach on. And by the way, I said, thanks, but no thanks. If I need to email you questions for that coach, I'm not going to have that coach on my radio show. That's not how this works. But I don't believe the McAfee thing was an off-the-cuff comment. I don't believe it. The ESPN-NFL relationship is too significant. Robert Kraft's relationship with ESPN and Robert Kraft's, you know, power and influence within the NFL, 
I don't think that's just let's throw it out there. I don't think so. If it was a gotcha moment, then McAfee, I can guarantee you, caught a lot of flack off the air for bringing that up. And let's not be naive here. Before the interview happens, discussions happen. There's no doubt. And let's not forget that as Kraft is getting up on the set, there's a lot of conversations going back and forth. There's a lot of talk happening. Kirk Herbstreet did the color for Thursday Night Football. So Herbstreet had been around the Patriots for at least a full day. He's doing production meetings. So there's a lot of off-air conversations that happen that lead to that moment. It's not just, oh, it, it happened out of nowhere. You can trust me or you don't have to trust me. I'm just telling you, from somebody who's been in the business for a decent amount of time and has been a host for a decent amount of time and has been in those positions of having big names on a show and having people say, well, look, you can ask him or you can ask her, but just know they're going to tread very lightly. Those conversations happen all of the time. So that's my two cents on the behind the scenes stuff. And I wanted to give you that context because it leads us to how Kraft handled the situation. Did Kraft understand what Pat McAfee was implying? I have to imagine he did. Kraft's a very sharp guy. Kraft knows that Belichick is going to come up some way, even if it's cryptic. Kraft had to understand. I would imagine he, he had to understand what McAfee was talking about when he said, I don't envy your position. We know what's going to happen. I have to imagine Kraft understood what he was what he was saying, that Kraft picked up what he was putting down. So now the question is, was Kraft tipped off? Maybe. Maybe. Again, in those conversations off the air, before they get on the air, before that red light turns on, someone might have said to Kraft, we are going to bring it up at the end of the interview, handle it the way you want. I'm not telling you that's what happened. But Kraft might have been tipped off that something was going to be said about what would have to happen. Might not have happened. Maybe he wasn't tipped off. But I don't think it's out of the realm of possibility that Kraft had an idea that something was going to be said. So Kraft no-sold it. He no-sold the comment by McAfee. And I think we have to ask, why did Kraft no-sell it? Because when Kraft doesn't answer McAfee, he doesn't say anything to McAfee, good or bad. And he jokes around and deflects the Reese Davis question earlier. Then Robert Kraft is leaving room for us to interpret what's going on, right? He left room to interpret what happened at the end of that interview. Because he didn't deflect. He didn't stand by Belichick. He didn't say we're looking at making changes. He just let it lie. And so when you let things lie, when you don't comment on something, and I know people say, oh, look, McAfee snuck up on him. Again, I disagree with that. But if it doesn't matter at that point. McAfee says something. Kraft has a voice. He has lips. He was talking during the interview. He has a moment there to say something to McAfee, and he didn't. No matter why he didn't say anything, he still left room to interpret things by being silent. Being silent brings more questions. So here's my take. That's, that's the context. That's the background. My take is that Robert Kraft understood that Belichick was going to come up somehow, some way in that interview. He knew it. I would guarantee you it was discussed in some kind of way between the Patriots and Kraft and ESPN. 
He understood that something was going to come up. He maybe even understood multiple times it would come up. And Kraft knew. Kraft was prepared. Kraft understood that this was going to come up. And now you ask the question, how did he react to those questions? And what does that tell us? To me, Robert Kraft had two golden opportunities to stand by Bill Belichick, and he did not stand by Belichick either one of those two times. The Reese Davis question opened the door for Kraft to give the quote-unquote vote of confidence to Belichick, and he didn't give the vote of confidence. He deflected with jokes. The second time with McAfee, McAfee's statement at the end of the interview, again, didn't say anything. So Kraft had two opportunities to say something about Belichick's future, and both times he decided to not do it. And I do think that means something. That absolutely means something. Because Kraft, if Kraft, he, he understands. He's been around for a long time, folks, guys in his 80s. He's been an owner for a long time. Kraft understands that he just has to say one thing during that interview that would tell all of the fans that Belichick's staying, right? He had two opportunities to say something, anything about Belichick, about Belichick staying, about the future. He mentioned the loyalty. Again, I think looking back at the 24, 25 years, but when he was given the opportunity to stand by Belichick, not once, but twice in the interview, he just let it slide. There was the non-answer answer, maybe, and then the joking. So what that tells me is either Kraft has not made up his mind and has no idea how this is going to end, and so he'd rather say nothing and joke around than answer it, or he's letting this play out, he's being silent because he knows what has to be done, and he wants Belichick to gracefully finish up here in New England. That's what I take from it. My opinion, you could disagree, but that's my opinion. Kraft was given two shots to stand by Belichick. He didn't do it. And so there's a reason for that. It's either he hasn't made up his mind and he's still kind of giving Bill a chance, or he knows that it's time for Bill to go. He's made that decision, and he's not going to come out and say anything because why would he? All right, let's get to some of your comments here. Uh, Matthew Wilco jumps in, says, if he goes to D.C. and does well, Patriots look silly as hell. Uh, I'm guessing he means Gerard Mayo on that, maybe. I don't think so. Uh, hit the like button. Yes, Amstel, I appreciate that. Hit the like button. Uh, Cisco, 300, talking about craft, says, stunned silence. There was some silence there. There was some silence. There's no doubt he handled it with silence. Turtle says, Boston sports talk done different. Sounds like a Felger and Mass segment. Uh, I would I would uh, humbly disagree. <laughs> I gave you the context. I gave you the conversations that happen off here. Uh, again, you can disagree with my opinion. That's fine. Opinions are opinions. I'm just telling you what, what I think happened there uh, on that stage. All right, here's uh, Max Speak. Hi from Germany. Hello. Appreciate you joining from Germany. It's always a lot of fun. So there you go. There's your thoughts on uh, the Patriots being eliminated. Kraft has to do something. And I thought it was a very interesting interview on college game day by how Kraft handled 
the questions regarding the future of this football team. Everybody, enjoy your Monday. We're back tomorrow at 11 a.m. right here on YouTube. Give us those likes, the comments, and also don't forget to subscribe. Until tomorrow, it's the Nick Cattle Show.